0: The New Century Multiverse Arlington by Alexander Shaw Part 1 Allah CHAPTER ONE. THE CAPTAIN.
1: Ohio. I haven't been back here for a decade. Not since the beyond-biblical plague swept across America, and most likely the whole world, turning everyone who suffered from it into savage, cunning, and highly infectious predators. Not too many happy memories connected with that time. It was a period that we remember took away most of what we had, including a good portion of the people in our lives. I'm Captain Annie Oakley, by the way, pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm a cartographer scout, which means I'm charged by the folks in Washington to bring together the scattered pockets of survivors out there in the wild unknown. Some are happy with the prospect and and welcome us. Others, less so. This particular day, I ventured back to the state of my birth in the company of the Reunified States Military, escorting Vice President Rutherford B. Hayes on his diplomacy tour kind of a wagon train through the territories we brought back to the Fold. This was as far west as we were heading for the time being. We have been aiding the towns and cities in rooting out the closest nests of Wendigos, clearing a path as we go. These creatures may once have been human, but now they'll hunt you like a leopard. They'll die like any other living thing if you put a bullet in the right place. But you've got to be quick. My unit knows what they're doing, but not a one of them ever gets complacent around those things. least, not those that live. The mood has been a mixture of the disgruntled, the fearful, and occasionally, the relieved. A lot of folks staring out at us from the crowds as we travel through. A lot of whispers. The communications network is awash with tales of conspiracy against the struggling government. Easiest way to destabilize it is cultivate the frustrations of some young man or woman. Get them fired up about the things we've done. Build upon that fear and anger and a powerful sense of righteousness until they're focused on one pathway enough to lurch out of the crowds with a pistol and take down one of the major figures of state. Contrary to popular belief, this ain't a hydra. You cut off one head and we're going to have a job finding a trustworthy person, smart enough to see the bigger picture of Director Arlington's plan for America, and brave enough to put themselves in the firing line to fill the dead man's boots. No. You cut off one head and we're weakened. And honestly, right now, we're only a notch behind desperate, so we can't afford to lose a man like Hayes. Fella fellow may not be the most inspiring of leaders, and I'd kick his ass most days of the week in a public speaking contest, but he's loyal. He sees people as equal, and for our purposes here, he actually has a history. Hayes was governor in Ohio back in 68, a few years before the Wendigo first appeared in America. People need a familiar face to remind them of the older, simpler times. And I'm his sharpshooter. I spend most of my time scanning the crowd for shifty eyes and concealed weapons coming into view. My job is to nip that in the bud and prevent calamity. It keeps me on a razor's edge of tension. See, I'm accurate as all hell. But that don't make me a quick-draw artist. I'm little. And guns are heavy. So, if my pistol's in my hand, I can shoot a mustache whisker in half at 20 yards. But, if I have to keep that thing holstered, it's gonna take me a second. Which, I might not have the luxury of. That's why I carry my rifle at all times. Always cocked and loaded. Folks can see that readiness. I can't hide it. And, an ever-present disposition to kill, at a moment's notice, is bound to make people nervous, thus fueling the flames of discontent. But better that than the fatal ramifications of a delayed response. Lancaster was not a city I'd visited before. My home in Dark County was some 130 miles west of here. I'm sorry, home isn't the right word. I mean my old house. All but one of that family are dead now, and for all I know, it stands empty to this day. What I recognized, though, were the accents. There's a different way of speaking in each state, some more subtle than others, and it gives one a sense of place, even if time is muddled. For a moment there this afternoon, after overhearing conversation, I was a little girl. In a ragged dress, looking for someone to buy the rabbits I'd caught. They had held together better than a lot of places. Lancaster had a mayor, a sheriff, barter stores, a courthouse, a gallows. The band was playing jubilant music, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, since Ohio was staunchly union during the war we've known the wrong tune to turn the tide in the crowd. Dixie played down south has a 50-50 chance of either being interpreted as a respectful nod to their heritage or provoking a full-on riot. I know a band leader who won't start until he's asked the people politely what they'd like to hear first. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I look over the crowd, smiling all the time, knowing full well that elapsed in concentration from me, and it could all be over in seconds. The men and women in blue, at my back, carry their rifles smartly over their shoulders. Pride, not aggression, but above all, readiness. I can't even see people anymore when I drop into this state of mind. It's distressing when I stop to think about it. All I can see are eyes and mouths, my best clue to their intent. So few angry young men with revolvers in their jacket sleeves are blessed with poker faces. I hate pigeonholing them, especially as it can lead to oversight. Mean-looking lady over there with a bundle, muttering old-timers with beards. I can't hear them or see their lips, but they're talking. Aggressive little kid with a pop gun, and then There's that young man over there. I look in his face and see genuine pain, shallow breathing. He sees me. A quiet moment passes between us. He glances down. I cannot drop my smile, but he knows that I know. Whoever it was that he lost would not want this. Please, please, sir, hold on to that. If it is indeed the case... He makes his way out of the gathering. We pass beyond the point where I can focus on him without turning my head over much, and I must look back at the crowd again. He's on my right, glances at the approaching podium and says to me, Here we go. We dismount and climb the steps. The band is still playing. The assembled throne still straddles that line between veiled rancor and weary curiosity. I march up and stand at the front with ten of our best-dressed soldiers. Hayes takes the stage and places his notes before him.
2: Brothers and sisters of Ohio, thank you for greeting us this fine day. Some of you may remember me as a man of this state. In point of fact, I was your governor a decade ago. During the early stages of the outbreak, I held my post until Cincinnati was overrun, and after much time on the road, I headed to Manassas, where our government was regrouping. Today I return to you with pride in the place of my birth, as Vice President of this nation, to offer a hand of aid from Washington, and to ask for yours in return.
1: They have begun to give a little. He can win this
2: one. Ladies and gentlemen of Lancaster, I have fought beside you before. During the Civil War, I ascended to the rank of Major General. I would not ask you to fight beside us again if it were not imperative to the survival of all. But imperative it remains. We must have all peoples united against the threat of the Windigo so that our land be purified of the scourge that that has left us so so very scattered scattered and divided. I am reminded of our...
1: There is movement. Over on the spire of the new town hall. I glance up to see a dark shape clawing its way around from the rear of the building. Two shining black eyes regard the stage in the street below. I have less than a second to react. Hayes has paused mid-sentence and is looking up. Several people in the crowd crane their heads around. One of the soldiers levels his rifle, and his companions swiftly follow suit. Captain! Screams of fright from the crowd. The creature reacts, undulating its body. Impacts on the platform, accompanied by cries of pain. I see 12-inch spikes embedded in the wood and the limbs and bodies of the soldiers around me. Damn! I pull Hayes down behind the podium as the crowd erupts in a wave of panic and scatters. Hayes has a spike in his shoulder and is clutching at his arm, his eyes wide. Fire! Yeah! The soldiers, still standing, unleash a volley of gunfire at the shape on the rooftop. It moves with blinding speed, swooping in towards us, enormous bat-like wings extending outwards in flight. I see gunshots ricochet off an armored carapace as I attempt to take in what I can see of its body. But... It is huge. And swift. And powerful. And detail won't come to me until later. I swing out to aim for its eye. Most likely place to do some damage. But that head is moving so fast, and my adrenaline is pumping something fierce. I get off three shots. One of them embeds in its cheek. I see it react and hear an unholy roar like nothing from this world. Its maw spreads arrayed with two rows of fangs. The tail lashes and I dive for cover, but immediately feel an agonizing stab in my thigh. The possibility of fight or flight ebbs away as my leg goes numb and fingers spasm in pain as my body convulses. I cry out to the white scarves. The eyes! Go for the eyes! Too late. It sweeps onto the stage. Splintering the wood with its immense weight as we tumble down among the ruined scaffolds. I reach out my free hand for Haze to pull him out of the path of the beast. I'm looking into his eyes when its jaws clamp down around him. He is snatched away as it turns and the tail sides over my head, flinging me backwards. It is fletched with those spines and misses my face by an inch. I lie back, gasping in horror, as the creature raises that head and devours Haze in three bites. (laughs) It turns again, and I get another look into those black eyes, framed by a dark-maned lion's head. And with a shuddering leap, it hurls up into the air and away. those of us who still live, pull the spikes out of our flesh with trembling fingers. The medical staff move in as fast as they can to tend to the injured, and with great difficulty, holding back waves of nausea, I stand to survey the blue sky the black shape has disappeared into. This story takes place in the spring of 1883, the year Vice President Rutherford B. Hayes was eaten by a manticore. Pay close attention, my dears, as it details the tumultuous events of those days which ran up to the point that Arlington died.
0: i have been listening to episode one of Arlington Remastered. The Captain. Written, edited and directed by Alexander Shaw. Captain Annie Oakley, performed by Loretta Saylor. Rutherford B. Hayes, performed by Chris Brown. And Soldier, performed by Dan Mayer. Fanfare for Space, All This, and Battle Hymn of the Republic, performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. If you love New Century, you should be listening to Through the Wind Door, hosted by Greg Downing and Toby Jungius. Each week they explore and deconstruct chapters of the established books, always insightfully and sensitively, sometimes finding aspects that even I hadn't considered. And their interviews with the cast members are absolutely not to be missed. That's Through the Wind Door, they finished Let Them Go, they finished Secret Rooms, they're about to start on Tiger's Eye, Get it on your phone and in your ears now. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our fifteen dollar sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salgero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheeley, Duran Barnett Evan Jankowski Finbar Nicole Greg Downing Jameis Enright Joe Gassiga Joe Crow Joel Robinson Johan Clayson Joseph Gluck Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey Lorraine Chisholm Mark Luch Matthew A. Siebert Matthew Webb Michael Hasco, Scott Jacob Sarah Montgomery Tim Rosansky Timothy Green Toby Youngius, Trey Contreras and Tom Painter. The remastering process for this one is fairly straightforward, cleaning up some audio files which were a little messy before, and correctly chaptering the audiobook and the novel to match each other. When it is completed, I will be updating the Bandcamp and Patreon audiobooks to the remastered edition. Also, once you know what happens in Steamheart and Uncivil Outlaw, I have a feeling it's going to take on whole new aspects when you re-listen to it. And if you somehow haven't heard it yet, it's one of our best. Plus, re-releasing Arlington gives me the time I need to get the tenth book in the New Century Multiverse written. It's called Stonespring Maidens, it takes place after Steamheart, and it is, in many ways, the sequel to this very book.